This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's Word and go with me into the New Testament. Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5. We'll begin reading in just a moment in verse number 21. Mark chapter number 5. In verse number 21. We've continued this morning our study of the gospel according to Mark. And in this chapter we have seen the power of the Lord Jesus. He began in Mark chapter 5 delivering the demon-possessed man. And he demonstrates his power over the devil. Then as we noted uh, in verses, uh, beginning in, in verse number 27, 25 rather, in verse number 25, which happens to take place in the midst of the passage we're looking at this morning, we see this diseased woman who came to the Lord Jesus, and we see that He healed her of her disease. And so we see the power of the Lord Jesus, not only to deliver the demon-possessed man, but to deliver the diseased woman. Now as we look at verses 21 through 43, we're going to look at this incident that took place with a man named Jairus and his daughter who was lying at the point of death and eventually died. And then Jesus goes into her home, into her bedroom with her mother and father, and he speaks to her and commands her to rise from the dead, and she does. And so we see Jesus delivers the dead girl, and we see his power over death. So in this chapter, we're seeing the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as we see the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are being acquainted with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is uh, the Son of God, and he has power over the devil, he has power over disease, and he has power over death these maladies that we all face, this foe that we all face, all because of sin, the Lord Jesus Christ delivers us from them. And I want you to notice as we begin reading in verse number 21, the Bible says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, 
but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. And while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead, why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James, and John the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that had wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with great astonishment, and he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Here we have a notable miracle indeed, the resurrection of one from the dead. We find that in the life and ministry of Jesus, uh, he, he brought some people out of the grave. We think about Lazarus who died in John chapter number 11. We think of uh, the, the widow's son. And the Lord Jesus encountered the widow and uh, the party that was going to the burial of the son. They were in the funeral procession, and he, he brought that boy back from the dead. All of these miracles give evidence of uh, his uh, resurrection. And what I mean in evidence, they are uh, telling, foretelling his power over death and explaining and demonstrating for all who had ears to hear. And we find that not many did understand that Jesus was going to go to the cross and that he was going to come out of the tomb again on the third day. But here we have a demonstration of his power over death to demonstrate that he was going himself to come up from the grave. And it happens in the life of this young lady... Her name is not listed here. We know the name of her father, and his name is Jairus. And he comes to the Lord Jesus and asks him if he would come to the house and touch his daughter and heal his daughter because she was at the point of death. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 in verse number 27 that it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. No one in human history has escaped death. No one. 
And only one came from death out of the grave on his own power, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. All who were raised to life from the dead in the Bible eventually died again. But Jesus arose from the grave never to die again. And he ascended up into the heavens in the presence of many witnesses. And he is coming back to receive his church and eventually to bring judgment upon the world. But the Bible tells us that death is inevitable. It is the... It is the wages of sin. It is inevitable. It comes to all of us. It is appointed unto us once to die and then to face God in judgment. David, speaking of death, wrote in Psalm 55, 4, and said he described it as the terrors of death. Bildad, in his speeches to Job, referred to death as the king of terrors. The psalmist refers to it as the shadow, and it is Death is a shadow and it casts a shadow that looms over us. And so we all know that it is something that is coming in our lives. But yet, so few people actually want to speak about it and talk about it, and fewer still want to prepare for it. I remember speaking to a gentleman who was advising my mother about some things for retirement after the home going of my dad and, and, and how money should be managed. And, and I told him, I said, uh, he asked me what I did for a living, and I said, well, I sort of do what you do in, in a sense. I'm trying to help people prepare for the future, but I'm not helping prepare them uh, for retirement. I'm helping prepare them for eternity. I noticed he got tight, tight-lipped and a little bit nervous As far as he was concerned, the discussion was over. He spoke with such passion about planning for retirement. But he really did not want to speak about planning for eternity. You see, death is something that's coming to all of us. And death brings two things. Number one, it brings separation. Here's a father whose daughter was lying at the point of death. And he was gripped with this fear that she would be separated from him. It would also bring sorrow. This little girl was encountering death all too early. I can imagine the fear that gripped their hearts, the hearts of the mother and the father, as they thought about their precious little girl dying. We're not told if she had a lengthy illness or a sudden illness or if she had been involved in, in perhaps an accident. We're not told that. All we know is that when he came to Jesus, she was lying at the point of death. It was inevitable in his mind that his daughter was dying and he needed someone to intervene for him. And he went to the right place. He went to the right person. He went to Jesus. And so... uh, We read in, in Mark chapter number... Or excuse me, in John chapter number 11... In verse number 25, that there was a man named Lazarus who died. This little girl, before Jesus would get to her house, dies. And uh, the Lord, as we read in the passage, commands her to arise, and she, uh, she is restored to life from death. And we see that he delivered this dead girl. He gave 
her power to live. And I want you to know this. He will give all who believe on him power to live. All. In John chapter number 11, we have the record of the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. And verse 23, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Lazarus is already in the tomb, and Jesus has gotten there uh, days late, according to what their wishes were. That He did not get there before Lazarus died, but Lazarus died along the journey. And so when he comes, Lazarus is already buried. In verse 24, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Then he asked the question, Believest thou this? You see, though we have physical life, and though all men who come into this world have physical life, they're born in death. They're born spiritually dead separated from God because of their sin. And the Bible said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I, I want to tell you that when I came into this world, I was born a sinner. I was born spiritually dead. But the moment that I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior at the age of seven, when I received the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit imparted life to me. That life that Adam possessed in the garden that he lost when he sinned, that life that was deprived of all of Adam's seed was reimparted to us in the person of the Lord Jesus by the presence and power of the Holy Ghost. And we find here that Jesus gives life to those who are dead. And if you have everlasting life, if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I want to tell you that if you, as the Lord said, if, if you believe in Him, you will never die. Your physical body will come to an end. Your physical existence on this earth will come to an end. But the moment that that physical life ends, you will be in the presence of the Lord and there you will live, as David said, in the house of the Lord forever. Everlasting life can be yours. Not when you get to heaven, now. You'll enjoy it more fully then, but it can be yours now. And so here we have a demonstration of Jesus' power over death as he delivers this dead girl. Now I want you to see some things in this passage. We have to move quickly. Four words I want you to write down. Number one is desperation. Desperation. After the Lord returns from the country of the Gadareans, he's immediately met by this crowd. They're, they're waiting on him when he gets off the boat. <laughs> And uh, as, as they get there, he is pressed. But there's one man who, who makes his way to the front. His name, the Bible tells us, is Jairus. And, and we find here that Jairus had a daughter who was sick. The Bible tells us that Jairus was one of the rulers of the synagogue. And when he comes to Jesus, he falls at his feet. Now here's a man who was one of the rulers of the synagogue. Now, the synagogue is the center of Jewish life in a community. It's the center of their life. It is the place where they meet together to learn from the law, to hear the word of the law taught. Uh, it is the place where they come together for legal proceedings. And it is a place where their children come for education. 
Uh, so what you have here is a house of worship. You've got the courthouse, and you've got the schoolhouse all in one in the synagogue. And this man, Jairus, is a prominent uh, leader of the synagogue. He is one of the rulers. He has responsibilities to oversee the synagogue. I don't know if that played uh, into or any part it might have played in him getting to the front of the line. Maybe the people saw that this was Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, and they, they allowed him to get to the head of the line. But here we know that this man did get to Jesus. And when he got to Jesus, the Bible tells us that he fell at his feet. This is something that, not, uh, that would not be expected of the ruler of the synagogue. And when he fell at the feet of Jesus, he fell in a position of humility. Listen, if we're going to come to Jesus, we must come to him in humility. Irregardless of our station in life, irregardless of our position in life, we must bow our knee to Jesus. He fell at the feet of Jesus. And when he fell there, the Bible tells us that he, in verse number 23, besought him greatly. He he, he begged the Lord. He, he fell at the feet of Jesus and he was begging the Lord because his little daughter was lying at the point of death. I want to ask you, if one of your children was lying at the point of death, what would you do to get them help? That's what this man did. He went to the place where he could get help. He went to Jesus. Now, as the ruler of the synagogue, we understand that Jairus would have, he would have heard Jesus teach before, certainly. He, he might have seen Jesus performed miracles. He might have seen Jesus cast out that demoniac man in Capernaum. Uh, he, he, he might know some people personally, and, and most likely he did, who had been healed by Jesus. Now, we don't know Jairus' attitude toward Jesus before this. We don't know if he was indifferent toward Jesus. We know the Pharisees were. And as a ruler of the synagogue, Jairus would have been really concerned about what the Pharisees thought. Uh, we know that uh, he could have been indifferent. He, he might have even been opposed to Jesus. But in this desperate situation where his daughter is dying and there's no help in sight, nobody else has an answer, he knows exactly where to go in his desperation. He goes to Jesus. And he falls at the feet of Jesus and he begs him to come with him. And here's what we find. We find that Jesus went with him. We find that Jesus went with him. And then we read in verse 24, as Jesus went with him, the Bible tells us, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now see, Jairus has just enough faith to come to Jesus. Notice what he said. Notice what he says in verse 23. He said, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. He has just enough faith to trust that Jesus can heal his dying daughter. And Jesus responds to that faith and goes with him. But along the way, there is an interruption. And so I want you to write down the second word, would you please? Delay. We see desperation in the life of this man, Jairus. Now we're going to see delay. Uh, it's very difficult to wait, isn't it? My wife was all excited about going to a certain store that opened yesterday. They had their grand opening, and we went in there. First of all, you could hardly find a place to park. And then when you got in there, the line 
was all the way down to the back of the store. There was a delay there. You anticipate something, and, and then there's a delay. And this man, he is anticipating, he is anticipating his daughter's healing. And he's desperate to see it, as you and I would be if one of our children were sick, if one of our grandchildren were sick, if one of our loved ones were sick. We, we, we understood the urgency of the moment, and we said, Lord Jesus, would you come and heal them? And he agrees to come with the man, but along the way, he cannot get to her because he's surrounded by the press. The Bible says, not the press that we're thinking of, the press of people who are thronging him. I want you to think about his anxiousness. As, as the Lord Jesus is surrounded by this crowd, he could hardly move. Imagine you're in the ambulance with your loved one, you're trying to get to the hospital, and the interstates are jammed up, and the, and the roads are jammed up, the back roads are jammed up. You're in the midst of traffic. This is where this man is, and he's in the press, and that caused the delay. And what we find here is there are many people, many people in our world who need Jesus. Many. Then I want you to see the pause. Look at it in verse number 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Verse 30, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? So here we have not only the press that's slowing down Jesus, but now we have Jesus stopping. You're Jairus, you're, you're trying to urge Jesus to come on. You're, you're saying to the crowd, excuse me, I've got to get him through here. My daughter is dying. But now all of a sudden, Jesus stops. And there's a delay. And what does Jesus do? He is looking around in the crowd, and he asks this question. The multitude is around him, thronging him. And he says, who touched my clothes? You see, the Lord Jesus knew that virtue had departed out of him. He knew that this woman had come to him in faith. He knew that she had been healed. There was a pause. What we learn here is that Jesus is available to all who will call upon him. Irregardless of your race or your station in life, your financial situation, your family background, let me tell you that God is interested in you and he can meet the needs of multiple people all at the same time. He's available. And he is willing to help. Uh, one commentator put it this way, speaking of these two people who came to Jesus in this passage. He said, one was a man, the other a woman. One wealthy, one poor. One respected, one rejected. That's the woman. One honored, one ashamed. One leading the synagogue, the other excommunicated because of her disease from the synagogue. One with a 12-year-old daughter, the other with a 12-year-long disease but Jesus is available to all he's available to you today he's available to all and the disciples hearing him say who touched my clothes perhaps in anxiety 
because they knew that this was Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, and no doubt he was an important man, and they probably wanted to get him on to the house to help this dying girl. They, they turned around in bewilderment and asked the question, you're asking us who touched your clothes? Look at this crowd. It could have been anybody. In fact, there's no doubt many people were touching him, but not like this woman touched him in faith believing. And so Jesus pauses still to survey the crowd. In verse 32, the Bible said he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Verse 33, now the woman comes forward. Here we find the profession. You see, the delay involves the press, the crowd of people trying to get to Jesus. Then there's the pause. He stopped. Why? Because there was one woman who came to him in faith and believed upon him. Now here is a profession. You see, what was done in her, she knew it happened immediately, and only she knew it, and Jesus knew it, but he wanted everybody else to know it. So we find that this woman comes forward during this pause in the action, this pause in the movement, while Jairus, no doubt, is filled with anxiety because he knows his wife and his daughter are waiting at home, and she's at the point of death and could possibly be dead. The Bible tells us in verse 33, the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. <laughs> she said, I, I, I've got a disease. I've got an issue of blood. I shouldn't even be in this crowd because I'm unclean. I've spent everything I have and I've not gotten any better. I've been to every doctor in town and nobody can help me. I finally, when I heard you were coming, I decided i got to get to you and i got to touch you. And she confessed it all to the crowd and to Jairus. We might have been sitting there going, listen man, time is of the essence. we got to keep you moving, Jesus. we got to keep you moving. But he stopped for this woman. Notice what he says unto her in verse 34. He said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You see, here's a desperate father standing without. My daughter's dying. Come and help us. Here's Jesus on pause dealing with a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. His daughter's 12 years old. He hears her talk about that disease that she's had for 12 years while he's enjoyed his daughter for 12 years. This woman has endured this disease for 12 long years. And he hears that she's been healed. And then he hears Jesus call her something. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. He says unto her in verse 34, Daughter, Oh, as precious as that little girl was to Jairus, that 12-year-old little girl that he had enjoyed all those moments with, I want to tell you that that woman was as precious to God as that girl was because she needed a father and she found one in the Lord Jesus and the Heavenly Father who sent Him here. Daughter. You see, everybody's daughter is important to God. Everybody's son is important to God. And he stops, he pauses to reveal what he's done in this dear woman's life. This desperate father saw a demonstration of the power of Christ that is going to serve to bolster. Now remember, when he came to Jesus, he had just a little bit of faith. Enough to come. 
But now he's going to need more because in just a moment he's going to get the news, your daughter is dead. But this incident, this pause, this delay is something that God will use in his life to bolster his faith for the next step. And so I want to give you the next word. We see desperation. We see delay. I want you to see death. Verse 35, And while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? During the delay, they were already on their way. They just happened to show up as soon as it was over. As soon as they were ready to start walking back to the house of Jairus, as soon as the woman had professed her faith in Christ and the Lord Jesus had had, had commended her and, and said to her that she had been healed and called her daughter, as soon as that incident took place, here's the messengers coming from the house of Jairus. And what do they say? They say, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Hey, this problem is too big. There's no point. But notice the response of the Lord Jesus. Verse 36, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. You see, they said, what's the point? <laughs> Jesus said, what's the problem? There's no problem. I'm here. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I can imagine the emotion that filled Jairus' heart when he heard that his daughter died. I, I can imagine the tears his wife shed. We, we find that when Jesus gets to the house, the mourners are already there. The separation, the sorrow. But Jesus said, it's not a problem because I'm here. I'm here. The devil's not a problem. I'm here. Disease is not a problem. I'm here. Death is not a problem. I'm here. He's a wonderful Savior. Louise Champlin is the widow of Daryl Champlin, missionaries in Suriname, and she's been in the mission field since she was a child. She's over 90 years of age, and she's working on Bible translation in Suriname. When she was a little girl, her parents took her and her siblings to Africa. When they got on the boat to go to Africa, they got not far offshore and the boat sank and all of their possessions went down in the ship. They all safely made it to shore and in the matter of conversation that followed, one of them said, well, maybe it wasn't meant for us to go to Africa. To which someone in the family responded, maybe it wasn't meant for us to go with all this stuff to Africa. And so they went, and they labored among the African people with very little fruit. Miss Champlin's mother died shortly thereafter. This missionary man, 
his wife had gone to Africa with their little children, serving God. She died. The tribesmen watched very closely, the people there watched very closely how the family responded to the death of the wife and mother. And finally they came to her missionary father and said, We saw that your faith was good for living. Now we know it's good for dying. You see, Kent Hughes in his book on this passage of Scripture said, Now Christ challenged Jairus not to believe him for a healing, but for a resurrection. So we see death. Let me give you the last word. It's a good one. You'll like it. Deliverance. Deliverance. The Bible tells us in verse number 37, And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. He cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. It was customary to have a number of people come. Even in that country, they would pay mourners to come. They would play music. Verse 39, And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado? And weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn. That's what the world does to Jesus. They laugh him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha, Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. It would be the common language of the day. It would be just like you said to your kids in the morning, perhaps much sweeter. It's time to wake up. Rise and shine. That's what Jesus said to her. He took her by the hand, and he told her to get up. And when he said that to her, notice what happens. Verse 42. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Jesus brings the dead back to life. He brings the dead back to life. And if you would receive him as your Savior, He'll give you everlasting life. I learned a lot of things in this passage. I just want to give you a few closing thoughts in summary before we pray. This was the day that it became personal to Jairus. This day. It became real to him. The ruler of the synagogue who had heard the law taught, who who was involved in the affairs of ministry and the community. When he heard this master teacher speaking, now it becomes personal to him because his daughter is lying at the point of death. Desperate situations then become opportunities for you and I to draw near to Jesus. I don't know what situation you're undergoing, but desperate situations 
and even those that we might not, any difficulty in our life, is something that God wants to use to draw us to himself. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, seeing that Jesus had healed others when his daughter was sick, knew where to go. He went to Jesus. We find here that those who are lost in sin as unbelievers are in a desperate condition, but many don't realize it. Many don't realize it. Or they refuse to see it. We find in this account that Jesus hears the cries of the desperate. Aren't you glad? He'll hear your cry. Not only does he hear, but he cares. And he makes time for us. And he will deliver us. We find here that Jesus works in response to our faith. As Jairus went along the journey, his faith began to grow and he believed God and God worked. Maybe you're encountering a delay. I want to remind you that there are many others and delays remind us of this. There are many around us who need help. Maybe your prayers seem like they're on a standstill. Perhaps God is using that to show you there are others in need. And maybe he wants to use you to encourage them. And he wants to use them to encourage you. It's not just you. There's a whole world around you. And he's going to work in their life to encourage you in your faith. These delays are often used to deepen and develop our faith in him. And then we see that Jesus has power over death, disease, and the devil. Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I want to tell you, as a believer, you may be going through great difficulties, but there is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. And if you are a non-believer, you are in a desperate situation. But Jesus will give you life if you'll receive it. Maybe you know somebody. Maybe you're like Jairus. You're desperate for one of your loved ones. And you need to bring that person to Jesus. Would you stand together with me? Father, we pray that you... Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.